When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. No current events this week. We're just going to get straight into our interview with Armand Rosamelia. He is an author and a member of the Internet Baseball Writers Association of America, as well as a co-host of the IBWAA podcast. Enjoy. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together Podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome back, baseball family. Today we are joined by a special guest. We have Armand Rosamelia. He is an author, also a member of the IBWAA. Um, so we're going to get into some of that later, and for, but we're going to start right now with the way we treat all of our guests with a rundown. So, <laughs> Armand, first question for you, sir. What is your quest <laughs> my quest my, we, we won't do the money crowdfund thing I'll that's the point um and i could probably still do the price to the do the whole damn thing from memory um my my quest is to uh is to continue to live my dream of being a full-time author very nice very good next next question armand what is your favorite color <laughs> red no blue <laughs> very good that's the best it, answer yeah. we've had actually i, I feel like he's the first on. person to get it brig i don't think anybody else has gotten it yeah <laughs> up to this point <laughs> I, I, i'm i'm old though i'm 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 gonna be 51 soon so i i, I get it. i've watched that movie i don't know about a thousand times as a, as a Join kid the club very appropriate all right so we know you're into metal metalhead who would you hire to write a heavy metal song yeah. about baseball? As much as I am a, uh, as much as I'm a Red Sox fan, I think uh, Scott Ian and the guys from Anthrax because they're they're huge Yankees fans, but they are definitely baseball. They're definitely baseball nice. fans. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's a great answer. As a Yankees fan, I will affirm <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> But speaking of the Red Sox, if your favorite team were a beverage, what would it be? If the Red Sox were a beverage, the Red Sox were, you know, it would have to be something red, a Bloody Mary. <laughs> just you just got to get over it in the morning, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> especially especially the year they just had. Yeah, yeah, I would think right. so. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way you're used to. What is the name of your yacht? So the name of my yacht. So this is this is funny because I actually have an an answer here. Uh, it would be the Goomba, and I'm going to tell you why. Because my dad, when the Sopranos first came out, he swore that that was the name of Tony Soprano's yacht for some reason, and it wasn't. But he was arguing with my mother for like an hour about it, and I finally just was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna Google this, and it was totally wrong. But I always remembered he he thought it was the Goomba for some reason. <laughs> I love it. That's 
Amazing. So you'd call yours the Goomba. <laughs> Fabulous. <Right>. Awesome. <laughs> What's one of the unchecked items on your baseball bucket list? You know, I, I have never been to uh, a bunch of stadiums, but I would love to go to Dodger Stadium. I've ne- I've never been out there. Uh, I'm not necessarily a Dodgers fan, but I would love to go and, you know, hang out with uh, all the celebrities and leave by the seventh inning. Just like the rest of them. <laughs> Doesn't that break yeah. one of your rules, though? I was listening to your your audio book, and, and like I said, we'll get into more of that later, but uh, I believe you said you don't leave until the last out is made. You stay You stay to the very end. You stay to the last pitch. Doesn't matter what the score is. Doesn't matter what's going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. All three of us nodding emphatically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. We're like, yes. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> All right. Another item that I thought was really cool is your Red Sox room. What is your favorite item in your Red Sox room? Oh, there's so many. You know, I, I think uh, one of the best items is we have a really cool bat collection now that we've gotten from players over the years. And I think the cool one is is a guy that you probably never heard of. He he had a cup of coffee with the White Sox, but uh, with catcher Adrian Naido, and he uh, he gave us one of his bats, but he gave us one of his White Sox bats, which was pretty cool. So it's it's uh, it's signed by him and everything. But I thought that was a, a pretty cool. That's thing. awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, your last question in the in this rundown. Who would be the most feared baseball player ever if they were a zombie? You know, uh Big Poppy comes to mind. I mean, he's he's a pretty big dude. Or back in the day, Dave Stewart, uh mm. with that stare. That he would be uh, pretty intimidating as a zombie. <laughs> I could see it, eyes glazed over, a little milky, and still the stare into the middle distance. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a great. I, I do have a follow up. I have a follow up for that though, real quick. Would his bigness be quite so intimidating as a zombie? Because he probably wouldn't be quite so big, right? Like you'd have the height, but you wouldn't have the the girth. Is that true? Yeah, you still have that look, though. I mean, it's all about it's all about that that stare. Yeah, there it is. Even as a zombie, he'd have that okay. stare. All right. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. Well, you're the resident zombie expert. We just had to, <laughs> had to get that out of there. Yeah. All right, Armand, you made it through the rundown. Well, I think you made it safe to the base, actually. That's perfect. I think so. Excellent choice of answers. So let's <laughs> take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get into more about Armand and the things that he does. All right. <clears throat> That's great. That was awesome, Armand. Thank you. <laughs> that's that's one of our that one of our fun. favorite things that we do is that rundown, but I, I like that. I, I've I've done uh, I've done a couple interviews today for the IBWA podcast, okay. but I've had a couple of people that are just very total serious. Uh, we just want to talk baseball, and I'm like, oh, okay, so this is this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's nice to just be able to bullshit, you know. Yeah, that's the we, way we roll. really try not to take ourselves too seriously. I mean, I've got a pink energy drink, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, we're not we're not real serious around here. Mine is mine is pink as well, nice. Brad. That's a very nice. Uh. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Whew. Long day. Okay. <laughs> okay, Brig, you want to go ahead and lead us in? All right. Yes, I do. All right, we'll jump into segment two and three. Two, one. 
Welcome back, baseball family. Again, we're here with with uh, Armand Rosamilia, and one of the things that we love most about him is that he's a writer. Uh, Brad and I are also writers. We have that in common, the three of us, and he wrote a book called My View from the Seat, and it's about your time with the Jumbo Shrimp. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Very, very exciting. What we want to do is uh, get into that a little bit um, and I, my first question is, I guess, broad stroking this a little bit, but what inspired you to write that? Um, but first, let's get into what inspired you to become a writer in the first place. You said it's your dream to live out your life as a full-time writer. Tell us more about the genesis of all of this. I was, uh, I think it started when I was about 12 years old and uh, growing up in New Jersey, me and my brother, my brother's about a year and a half younger than me. And we were awful kids. I mean, we used to beat the crap out of each other. We used to break stuff. And my mother was a was a, a housewife. So, you know, you couldn't get really away from her. She was always there. We always got in trouble. And at 12, we were literally punished f- for the entire summer between school years. I mean, from the last day of school till the beginning of school, like that entire summer, watching all the other kids outside playing kickball and football and stuff. And I got punished. I was put into my parents' room. And my brother got to stay in our room because we shared a room and he got to play with all the toys and everything. And, you know, there's this is back in the, you know, the 80s, early 80s, like 81, 82. There's no TV in mom, dad's room. Right. So all, all I had were books. And my mother, I mean, to this day, is a huge horror fan. So there was tons and tons of paperbacks with monsters and spiders and stuff. And I started reading Dean Koontz books and. Like the entire summer, I like blew through, I was blown through like, you know, every day I was blown through like one or two books. And that was really for me. I mean, that was really the thing. And when my mom saw that I was such a fan, uh, she would go through, which is funny. She would go through books and she would cross out all the dirty parts. (laughs) (laughs) So like I was at 12 years old, I'm reading and like, oh, the, 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 the couple, they go into the movie theater and he turns to her and then four pages are crossed out. And then the. The uh, spiders chasing them down the street, kind of thing. Or, or books. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was funny. Like she would have to read them first in order for me to, to uh, look at them. So that was really that was my love. I mean, at, at you know whatever it is, seventh grade. What do you got to do? You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And everybody's writing things on fire. I want to be a police officer, fireman, a football star, whatever. I was like, I want to be a writer. And um, it took me a long time. I've been full-time for eight years now, uh, making mm-hmm. a living at this. I, I've written over 200, I've had over 200 stories published, crime thrillers, ho- a lot of horror books, uh, contemporary nonfiction, but I've also done uh, I've, I've, uh, contemporary fiction, but I've also done fiction. I did a uh, book years ago, a, a series of books called Metal Queens, and it was about women in heavy metal, not just musicians, but fans and uh, people behind the scenes. And then I did a book, uh, about eight or nine years ago about a wrestling federation, Southern Championship Wrestling down here in Florida in Indy. And so it's just like kind of things that I was always interested in. That's kind of what led me to do the the book about the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Yeah, that's the next question I have is how did you get into baseball writing briefly? And then the book is about your view from the seat. So how did you pick your seat? So what what happened? <laughs> what what happened was uh, 2015. Um, my my wife and I, uh, she had like an event 
you know, where they would give you seats and they would give you tickets to a game uh, here in Jacksonville. It's the double A for the uh, Miami Marlins. And she did not come from a baseball family, a sports family at all. Whereas I grew up in a crazy baseball family. So she's like, you want to go to the game? And she's like, yeah, we'll go. It's free tickets and we'll eat and, and stuff. So at, when we went, she saw how excited I was to be at a game. And I knew I knew some of the players and I knew, you know, the other team. And I was like, oh, you got to watch this guy. He's a prospect. So she kind of got into it. So the next year we bought like a half a season just to see if she would like it. And she loved it. And so we got full, we got, you know, uh, season tickets for 2017. And we were, we were about, uh, you know, we got, to, we started knowing each other, everybody there. We started knowing the people who worked there and all that. And it was maybe a couple weeks, three, four weeks into the season when all of a sudden I was just like, you know what, this would make a great book. It's their first year as the Jumbo Shrimp. They've been the Jacksonville Suns forever. And let me just, let me just basically cold call the, the general manager and go, Hey, I want to do a book. And they were so receptive. They were like, you can come to the stadium anytime you want. You can interview players. You can interview everybody. And even the owner, uh, Ken Babby was like, Oh my God, I would love to be part of this book. And so it was, it was really neat to be able to do that. So during the season, I was, uh, I would, we would go to a lot of away games and hang out with players and talk to players. And it just got to be really cool. And it was really cool for me when the owner of the team comes down and shakes my hand and goes, hey, let's go talk. And everybody around us is like, why is he going to hang out with the owner, you know? So, uh, and it's, yeah, so it was really cool. But the book is it's more than just a wrap-up of the season. It's also just my life as a baseball fan. Um, you know, like I said, I grew, I was even though I grew up in New Jersey, I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. My my mother and my brother are diehard Yankees fans, and my dad's actually a Detroit Tigers fan. So growing up in the '70s when they were all in the same division, you know, that was the AL East back then. It was great, just the arguments and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So Armand, I was I was going through listening to the book, and some of the things I caught on to was you mentioned a lot of players that that we've all pretty much become familiar with over the last couple of years, you know, and you've seen them, you got to watch them play up close and personal in double a, like uh, one guy who jumped out to me particularly is Austin Nola, just because of the time he spent in Seattle. I'm a big Mariners fan. And, uh, yeah. and he was, he's a guy that I like a lot. When you see guys, like you mentioned to your wife, this is, this guy's a prospect. When you see guys who come in <clears throat> and like, are you specifically watching the prospects or are you keeping an eye on everybody on the field thinking, you know, this guy has potential to break through as kind of a, who was a nobody is, is that kind of your mindset? Are you, are you just keeping your eye on the prospects in those games? You know, I, I noticed, obviously I noticed the prospects, you know, Ronald Acuna comes in and he had only been in the, in double a for two or three games at that point. And I, and I knew the name and I think he hit two home runs against us that night. And, you know, there's guys that come through so quickly and you just know they're going to be stars. And then there's those players that are out there that are just really, you know, giving it their all and, and, and you know, it's the intangibles. It's, it's the guys you root for, you know, and that's for me. And it's even on the other team. I mean, obviously all the Marlins prospects and all the Marlins players coming in, but anytime, you know, you're seeing other teams, it's, there's only 10 teams in the division in the Southern league and you play a five game series. So you get a chance to see these guys day after day. And uh, so it's neat. 
especially when you'll you'll see a certain guy and then the next series they come back into town and then that guy's already moved up and then you're like well who's the next big prospect coming in so it, it's a lot of fun i kind of keep it all in my head and i'll let my wife know okay we're watching this guy <laughs> you know this is this is the this is the guy or this is the pitcher um and it's also fun when guys come back that have been traded or they were they were with the jumbo shrimp the year before and now they're on another team and uh, you know, I'll say, hey, you know, who's pitching for Birmingham? That's Mike Kickham, who pitched for us for the last two years, you know. So it's 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 really neat for me. You mentioned the X factor. That's something we talk about a lot is those intangibles and, uh, you know, the culture around baseball and its players. Um, how do you reconcile that with a statistics-crazed culture that's emerged in baseball, and how does that how does that make you feel, and what would you what would you say as far as advice on managing that? You know, I'm old school, so it's it's on the field. I'm not really the uh, you know. Let's look at their war, and let's look at you know, let's look at numbers and all this. Uh, yeah, I mean that stuff's important, but I think it's more important the the makeup of the of the player. You know, what what do they do? Hey, you're hitting you know 109 versus lefties. But that's not going to be your st statistic for the rest of your career, or you're not going to have a long career. So what what are what are they doing? Are they frustrated and all that? We, we've been very lucky because uh, the last couple of years I've actually been uh, president of the booster club for the team. So me and my wife have gotten to uh, help put uh, we we put barbecues together for the players when they when the players go on the road. Of course, it didn't happen this year, but. Uh, year before we would do their snack bags we would get lists of what what kind of gatorade they like what kind of snacks and we got to know the players in fact we've we've had players we've had about a dozen players that have lived with us now uh, over the years so it's like you know it's it's great to be able to see that makeup see these kids that are you know they're the age of of our kids our kids are are grown and out of the house and these are 20 year old kids that are you know living here and they're they're having dinner with us sometimes and they're hanging out and we're going to the games and we know literally all the players and and we're finding out stuff as it happens you know when Jordan Yamamoto got sent up to the majors um, the cool there's a video of him getting on the team bus and he used to cut everybody's hair and um, the manager comes on and he says Kevin says hey we don't have any room. You got to get your stuff off the bus. And you can see Jordan is so confused. Like, what are you talking? He's like, get your stuff off the bus. I want your stuff off the bus now. And he was like almost getting upset. And then uh, he was like, Kevin Randall was like, dude, you're going to the majors. Get your crap off the bus. You're getting on a plane and you're, and then every, the play, the bus erupts. But we got to see that video. Like a player sent us the video, like uh, oh. minutes after it happened. Yeah, you know cool. what I mean? So, I mean, we, we get to see a lot of that. There's a, a player who, who lived with us for uh, two or three years, uh, Kyle Keller, who was traded to um, he's traded to the Angels, and he pitched for the Angels as a reliever. And, uh, I mean, when he got brought up to the, to the majors the first time, probably the third or fourth uh, call was to my wife to let her know that uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going, I'll be in Atlanta in, in, you know, tomorrow kind of thing. So, I mean, it's really neat. Uh, some of the players that have stayed here, Victor, Victor Mesa, who's, you know, from $5 million signing from Cuba, lived with us last year. 
uh, Lewin Diaz, who who made his major league debut. So we've had a lot of really cool players that have lived with us, or we've gotten a chance to just hang out and and just meet. So it's really neat. That's awesome. That's amazing. So, um, I mean, you seem like you're pretty plugged in with the Jumbo Shrimp, which is super cool. Um, I, I worked for a minor league organization for a summer as an intern. It's I thought it was a ton of fun. But I'm curious, uh, are you plugged in enough with the team? Do you kind of have a pulse on what's going on with everything given the COVID season or lack thereof? Um, minor league baseball contraction as it seems to be going. Is Are the Jumbo Shrimp a, shrimp a team that's going to be able to stick around at, with their affiliation with that minor league baseball? Or are they potentially on their way out? No, actually, they are. Um, it's not official yet, but it, it will be soon enough. They're actually going to be moved up to AAA. Oh, nice. Oh, That's awesome. Yes. That's great. Yeah, they're actually going to they're actually going to be uh moved up so they did the uh, Marlins are doing a little shuffle. Um uh, again, they they haven't announced anything official yet, but it's looking like they're going to go to AAA and then we'll get a, a new AA which will be Pensacola. Um Sweet. which is which is which is awesome. That's an, an awesome stadium, the Pensacola when it looks out over the bay. Oh, that's cool. It's just gorgeous out there. So, um yeah, we're 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 pretty uh, we're pretty happy with uh, with them going to AAA. A lot of the players that would have moved up now, they would have went to Wichita, and our mm-hmm. thing was we, that's like fifteen hours of driving to Wichita. When you know, have a good time, guys. So now <laughs> at least we'll we'll get to see the guys that get that get moved up again, which will be really neat. That was one, actually one and, of the things Brig and I talked about initially when we were when we were reading about the whole contraction thing, and that it seems like they're making things more geographically convenient for the for the organizations. You know, like fifteen hours yeah. away to Wichita, that's awful. And I remember when guys were getting called up. I was with the Orm Owls. They're getting called up to like Burlington, Arkansas, or something like that. You know, it's like you've got to make a drive overnight out to Burlington. Yeah. Seriously, you know, it's like it's yeah. unreal, but I think it makes actually a lot of sense the way they're doing things with that. I think that I think that part definitely. I mean, look at the Washington Nationals; they had Fresno was mm. was their triple. I mean, you're flying across the country. It's it's not like hey, we need a we need a guy for for tomorrow. You got to hope that you can you can get planes and layovers and everything else. I mean, the logistics of it is uh, is ridiculous. I'm interested to see – they're in AAA, but I'm interested to see what they're doing with the actual leagues because they're they're adding leagues. They're going to add a couple of new leagues, and they're going to cut the amount of teams down in each league. So I, I think it'll be interesting going forward. It's a shame for the teams that are, are losing affiliation because I think some of those – like Daytona, uh, you know, Jackie Robinson Stadium here – you know that's a that's a great great little stadium, but if they're basically not going to have a team now. They're saying, hmm. How, what factor does community support play into that, and what have you seen from your community that's maybe been a factor in standing this up? Well, you know, I, I think it's one of the one of the things I know they were they looked at is the attendance and different things like that. So Jacksonville actually, I think to, uh, last year or the year before was actually asked, I know they were asked to go AAA. And they, they declined because they didn't want to put millions of dollars into the stadium and services and all the other stuff. And then, you know, it's a whole different thing. You know, you got to remember that the AAA teams are paying for travel and all that. So it's a difference between we rent a bus, we have the jumbo shrimp bus, or we got to get a plane, we got to get a plane because you're, you're AAA, you're flying everywhere usually. 
So I think the money part of it was why they said no. Now with MLB taking over minor league baseball, you really don't have a choice. It's really like, hey, you know, this is this is it. You're no longer, you know, none of these all these teams had contracts with their, you know, with, with the major league team, and like every even year you'd sign a two or a four year contract to, to stay in basically. Well, that's all gone. Now it's basically like until the Marlins say, we don't want you anymore. You're, you're going to be part of the Marlins and stuff. I think on one hand, it's, it's fun for the fans, you know, as long as you still have a team, because you know, more than likely, unless they add more major league teams, we're going to see the Marlins players year in year out going, going through the system. And we're not going to have to worry about, you know, one, uh, two years or four years of say somebody else coming in. Yeah. That, that uncertainty was one of the things that actually turned me off a lot to minor league was that, you know, growing up, I, I kind of grew up in a minor league area in the Portland, Oregon area. We had the, I think it was the high a Rockies for a while. And that's kind of like, a, I don't know if these guys are going to be the Rockies next year, two years. You know, most of these guys, I have no idea who they are, and and it was one thing that always turned me off growing up. But I think the consistency of it, and also the, um, the stronger connection, I feel like is something that can attract more fans to it, and yeah. and have a little bit stronger fan base. But, anyways, let's switch gears here a little bit. Let's go to the IBWAA. The for those who don't know, the Internet Baseball Writers Association of America. I first, I just want to know how did you get involved with that organization. You know, I got involved with it because I had writ- I wrote the book about the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, and I was looking for you know it's always networking as an as an author. The writing is such a tiny little part of of what you have to do to 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 get out there and and gain new readers. And um, that was one of the things for me. I I had heard about it, and obviously as a baseball fan, I had I had checked it out a couple times, but I had no reason to join until I I did this book and. Um, and it was great. I mean, I, I immediately started networking with a lot of different players and everything. And then recently they had a changeover of ownership, which is great because the, the two guys, Dan and Jonathan, are really bringing it into 2020. So we've, they've, you know, they started the podcast. They started the newsletter. They've, they've, uh, they're revamping the website. They're adding more people in there. They're really going out and bringing more baseball uh, fans in and it's you know it's baseball writers but it, it really wasn't defined of what that what that means so if you have a blog if you have a podcast if you anything that has to do with baseball you know you're basically you're welcome to 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 join and i think that's the cool part so it's definitely i don't know the numbers but it's definitely um we've gotten a lot more members uh, recently and we've been doing the podcast for about uh, three months or four months now. And it's neat because I just do a 20 minute segment every episode where I interview another IBWAA member. And again, it's for me, it's good. It's selfish because it's networking. It's, it's yeah. meeting, it's meeting guys and, and, and then them saying, Hey, come on my podcast or, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, you want to write a guest post or they're, they're picking my brain about something. So for me, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I could talk baseball. I could talk with you two. I could talk f- for hours. <laughs> well, we could talk sure. with you for hours, Armand. This is great. <laughs> this is already terrific. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell oh, us. Go ahead, Brig. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You're, no, you win. Brig, I insist. No, I've had it. <laughs> so, Armand, I actually, I was actually going to save this for the end, but I'll go ahead right now. 
because uh, we've only got a few minutes left here. Um, but I, I heard in your book, like I said, listen to the audiobook today, and I heard you said there is no good pizza in Florida. Is that, is that true? That is very true. I'm spoiled. I come from I come from New Jersey. I mean, right. there's there's you know I visit so I do a book tour every year um, with a, with other authors from Jersey, and we do like two weeks. We we just do uh, in breweries up there. So I get we we have beers, we get drunk, and we sell books. But I also do the the first year. My wife's from here in Jacksonville. She'd never been up there, and the first year we were going to do it, she's like, "All right, well, let's make a list of." like people you want to see and things. And I'm like, all right, well, so we're going to go to Seaside Heights for pizza. We got to go to this place for pizza. We got to go to Rutz Hut for hot dogs. We, we got to go to Keyboard Fishery. And she's like, wait, these are all food places. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, don't you want to see people? I'm like, let's make a list of where we're going. And if they want to meet me there, but I'm not changing my plans. These are the places that the most important thing is beer, selling books and eating, you know, uh, real good food up there. So we do that. We do that every year. That's amazing. <laughs> I am well, there for I mean, that. I... <laughs> yeah, we plan our vacations and we're like, okay, where do we want to eat while we're there? Yeah. You know, like my wife's in Southern California. We would go visit her family. Like, okay, we need to go through A through double Z in five days, you know, while we're there because we, we got to hit those places. I totally understand that. I yeah. get it. Yeah. If you want to come see me while I'm eating, that's fine. But <laughs> yeah. And we've <laughs> had a lot of, we've had a lot of, so like being down here, there's no White Castle. So right. we did. We did a convention years ago in Kentucky, and I was so excited because I hadn't been to White Castle in like 10 years. And I actually did a, uh, I actually recorded a podcast episode in the White Castle with a bunch of authors sitting around, all of us eating White Castle. There's a, there's a picture of me smiling, holding a White Castle, uh, you know, in my hand. And, and for me, I was like, if nobody shows up to record, I don't care. I'm eating White Castle. I'm fine. Brad, we got to take this show on the road, man. <laughs> we do. I know. That's the Definitely. best idea I've so, ever heard. So where do you eat then in Jacksonville? Like, what is there to eat in Jacksonville? I mean, there's there's some good, like, there's Whataburger. I like Whataburger. Okay, is yeah, a, we have Whataburger good, here. It's a good burger. Um, we, we try to eat all the local places. There's a place, Metro Diner, which is amazing. It's been on, like, diners, drive-ins, and dives. Um, so there's a lot of, we eat at a lot of local places here. But for me, like, there's good pizza. But there's not great, great pizza. You know, when when we first went up there, we went to the boardwalk, which is not great pizza. It's boardwalk pizza. But you know, the 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 slice is like this big, it's like the size of my wife's head, and she's like, "Oh my god, this is so good!" And I'm like, "Yeah, this is just like all right." You know, everything everything's so big. You know, we we go there, and she orders a sub in New Jersey, and the guys, she's like, "I'll get a hole," and he's like, "Are you sure?" And she's like, yeah. And the thing's literally like out the door, like we're sitting in the car. And she's like, why don't you tell me? I'm like, I, I just assume everybody knew. Because, you know, you're used to like a foot long down here. I'm like, that thing's like six foot long, you know? <laughs> okay, so on the subject sure? of food, on the subject of food, Armand, what is your favorite fourth inning snack? We have a tradition. About the fourth inning, we're like, all right, it's time for the thing. What What do you get up and grab? I don't get up at all. I will not leave my seat during a baseball game. But my wife loves to get up. So after the third inning, she'll get up. And it's usually the best one is the pulled pork nachos in a jumbo shrimp uh, helmet. And we we, uh, I, we always usually get that. And um, that's pretty much like that's that's like the go-to is because you just – and, of course, we, we share it, but then sometimes we get our own because 
We don't like to share it. <laughs> it's funny that you it's do the, it at the same time, though. It's like you know, it's, it, at the yeah, end. it's like she knows she's getting. And the usher uh, who, who I interview in the book, Ken, is funny because a couple of times, like I would get up because I really had to go to the bathroom or something, and he literally was like, "Are you all right? Is everything all right?" Because I don't leave my seat. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I, I got to go to the bath. Like, get out of my way. I got to go. You know? <laughs> that's customer service. That's people. That's putting people first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm actually like the same way. If I didn't have kids with me, I wouldn't get up from my seat like ever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, my wife gets up and she'll, and she'll get food. It's, it's the exact same way. But yeah. no, so are you like locked in on the game? Oh, I am. I am a hundred percent. Like for me, you know, life and you know work and stress of you know book deadlines and stuff and i mean hey i i have the greatest job in the world i mean i, I don't have to put pants on most days um <laughs> and, and you know I, I walk back and forth and get coffee but when i'm at that game i am i am 100 percent. i am i am every pitch and the players and i mean i am just completely where it took my wife a little bit to realize I'm not just being a jerk. I'm, I'm locked into the game. So we'll have people around us that'll be talking to me and I'm ignoring, I'm being a jerk. I'm ignoring people or she'll have friends that will come and they'll all be chit-chatting and stuff. And then they'll ask me a question. I'm like, well, I'm watching this, you know, like, like this is my two or three hours a night that I just can totally focus on baseball. And there's nothing else going on in the world. And it's great. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. So my last question for you is, where is your seat? Uh, so we have uh, section 102, row J. I'm seat one on the aisle. My wife is seat two, and we have season tickets. So since we didn't have games this year, um, they said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I want just we'll just roll our s- tickets over until next year. So we'll, we'll still be there. I put that in the book, what seat it is. And it's really cool because at the gift shop, they sold my book. And so oh, like nice. almost every game – people would come down and I would, I, I, I mean, I, I have an ego. I mean, let's be honest. I, I love standing up and I always have a pen on me. Oh, who do I sign this to? And, you know, <laughs> talking about the book and stuff. And then everybody around me will go, wait, who are you? And I'm like, well, you can go buy my book. I'm, I'm very famous. Go, go buy my book. Go buy me a book and a, and a, a thing of uh, uh, pulled pork on nachos and a helmet and I'll be your best friend. And I'll, and I'll <laughs> sign anything you want. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> amazing. That's so. Amazing. Is that like is that like first base side, third base side? Do you have a preference? It's, it's down. It's it's like even with the third baseman. So like our first couple of years, we we had Brian Anderson was like right there. We watched him, and it was neat because when he the the game he came out, you know September call up uh, a couple of years ago, and he came he, he wasn't there, and we were like, "Where's Brian?" And then we asked the players, and they're like. He's going to the majors. He's going, and and we knew he wasn't coming back. We knew he was going to be a big part of the Marlins going forward. So that was that was really neat. That's yeah, awesome. That's terrific. I love it. Well, we just want to say amazing. thanks to Armand and to our, all our listeners here for joining us today. For real, this was a terrific conversation, and I always feel bad that they have to be so short because we could do this for hours, and it's yeah. it's almost painful, but. You you have some great stories, and we're really really excited to plug your book for you here and and get it out to our audience. Oh, I appreciate I appreciate you guys letting me on. This is really cool. Absolutely. Again, that's view from my seat. It's actually over his left shoulder there. You can see it in the video if you're watching on YouTube. There it you is. See it right there. Um, you can well you can get it on Amazon, right? Yep. It's available I'm on assuming. on Amazon. It's an audio book. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Available on Audible for sure. That's what I, that's how I've been listening to it, taking it in, learning more about Armand. Um, and it's a it's great. It's it goes quick. It's it's awesome. Really entertaining. A lot of fun. I really I really liked it, Armand. I appreciate that. It's a it's a great book. But again, we really appreciate you appreciate you uh, coming on with us, and uh, we'll hopefully. I mean, I'd like to have you on again sometime. Uh, 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 anytime you guys want me, I would uh, love to do this again. This is cool. I feel like there's Excellent. a lot of untapped stories that would. Uh... <laughs> We, we really need to get into more of these. <laughs> Definitely. And zombies. Yeah. We can talk zombies, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Armand. Thanks, guys. Well, baseball family, that was Armand Rosamelia. We really appreciate him coming on and joining us for that episode. That was a lot of fun. Make sure you check out his book, A View from My Seat, My Baseball Season with the Jumbo Shrimp. You can get that anywhere books are sold on Amazon, wherever. You can also get the audiobook on Audible. Uh, we actually have a link to an Audible free trial down in our description, down in the doobly-doo. You can follow that, sign up for uh, your free trial with Audible, and you can actually get Armand's book as part of your free trial. So go ahead, go check it out, and thanks again, Armand. Don't forget to jump on uh, our shop at 9plusus.com. That's N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com. 9plusus.com for all of your baseball apparel needs, especially with, you know, if somebody's got a, an event coming up or a birthday or what have you, it's a great place to jump in there and, and find baseball-themed awesomeness. The end. Absolutely. For sure. <laughs> Love it all. <laughs> and don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also subscribe on YouTube, and you can leave us comments on YouTube. You can leave us comments in on social media, Twitter, Instagram. Join our Facebook group, 9 Plus Us VIPs. And also, drop us an email in our mailbag. Then you can you can send us whatever, anything you want. I don't care. If you say you don't like us, this is how you can improve, that'd be awesome too. Or you can send us questions, topics, people you want to see try to see us get on the show. Whatever, we don't care. Send it over, and we'll definitely respond and give you a shout-out. Yeah. But uh, baseball family, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. Yeah.